Let's talk about something else. I'm Shvon from Summit House. Welcome to my very first podcast. It's National Volunteer Week, so to celebrate this, I'll be talking to Paul Russell from Tayside Mountain Rescue. Hiya, Paul. How are you? Hey, yeah, fine. Thank you very much. Paul, thanks so much for doing this today. I really appreciate you taking the time out to speak to me. Are things getting back to normal for you now that COVID restrictions are starting to ease? Uh, yeah, just about. Just about getting out on the hills, doing loads and loads of rescues. So, yeah, it's quite busy at the moment for the team. Yeah, I've heard Mountain Rescue have been really, really busy recently. Paul, could you please tell the listeners what exactly is Mountain Rescue and what is it you do? Mountain Rescue is um, any sort of land-based search and rescue uh, overseen by in Scotland, Peace Scotland. So it, 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 it can vary from people being lost in the mountains, people having an injury in the mountains. So if, if someone's got an injury, it's, pri- it's providing that primary uh, medical care before they get taken to definitive care, be it via helicopter or be it via stretcher and ambulance. Tayside, we also do quite a bit of water stuff, water rescues. Um, we do a lot of crags and canyon rescues, pretty much that really sums up sums it all up. I mean, um, you know, you, you asked a minute ago about how busy we were. Last year, Tayside has it, had its busiest year in our 45-year history and we really? ended up with 51 call-outs. Wow. Interestingly enough, we were sitting at seven before we went into the first lockdown in March. And then when we reopened again, I think it was early July or end of June, we ended up doing, you know, 40, 44 rescues after that. Uh, to the end of December. This year at the moment, we are sitting on 18 call-outs for the year. Again, which is, which is, which is quite high. And mm-hmm. um, so I would imagine between now and the end of the year, we'll be not far off hitting that 50 mark again. Really? That's amazing. Considering lockdown, that is a lot of rescues. So how does Mountain Rescue keep up to date with the modern practices? Do you train regularly? Well, again, it's been, it's been quite difficult over this pandemic because we've not been able to do much face-to-face stuff and especially during the lockdowns so we 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 decided to go down the uh, the line of microsoft 365 and using teams quite a lot of our online training so medically we train once a month uh, and a lot of that has been done online which has been actually very very well received recently we have started doing face-to-face training again so we train the last sunday of the month face-to-face uh, just to hone our skills. So we started that in our little bubbles. So Tayside's area is, is, is very big. So we had three separate bubbles to start off with, which was West, Central and East, uh, all doing the same things. Uh, so, for example, I think in, in uh, March, we uh, the East side, we were on uh, Driesch and we were doing a stretcher carry out. And the same in, in the Central area and the same in the West area. So all our training has been replicated in our bubbles. Last month, April, we did two bubbles, and then uh, Sunday just passed there for May. We all came together as a team for the first time in, wow, uh, nearly a year. That's exciting. Um, yeah, it was great to see everybody again. Yeah, I bet. Um, it's, been, it's been different, you know, just seeing people's faces on, on, on the screen. Uh, so it's actually quite nice to, for everybody to come together uh, and, and train, obviously socially distanced, but most of the guys now, we've, we've all had our, our both vaccines, so right. we're able to do that. But yeah, it, 
it was great. It was great seeing everybody again, and, and the camaraderie is still there. And uh, yeah, we did some water training, did rigging. So yeah, really, really good, really interesting, really productive. And then we got a call out after it. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> just as you're all ready to go home, probably. Yeah, well, it was, and it was interesting that we were based around Killy Cranky, uh, which is in the west side of the area. Mm-hmm. And the call out was uh, happened to be uh, on Tar in Tarside near Edsall, which is the furthest east side. <laughs> so it was a bit of a long slog to get to get a few of the guys over from Killy Cranky to to Edsall to sort out the casualty that we had over there. Gosh. Um, so yeah, it was it was. Um, it was it was it was good. It was good. So, as the title of my podcast suggests, it's National Volunteer Week, and the reason why I chose Mountain Rescue is because many people don't actually realise that all MRT members are volunteers. None of you get paid to do this. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. We um, we 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 have a bit of a strap line that we don't get paid to do this. We we do it because we. Enjoy it, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I've been on the team for 12 years now. I've been uh, one of the team leaders for 10 of those. And the majority of the guys are a bit like myself. Um, I think we, I think the majority of the team are around about 10 years in, uh, okay. 8 to 10 years in. So, so it's kind of one of those things when you're in it, you stay in it for quite a while. Did you, did you know someone in the Mountain Rescue? Yeah, I didn't have really much of an option, to be perfectly honest with <laughs> right. um, I own a pub, and one of the guys in the team, one of the elder statesmen of the team, I should I should probably say, uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Alan Fox, uh, he was a regular customer in the pub, and Alan's been on the team 20, 25 years, eh? and uh, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's one of the old guys, but he's, uh, he's, he's still fully, uh, fully functioning, and we, we call him the governor. And he's six foot four, and he's built like the the side of an outhouse, you know. Uh, and I've done my summer ML, and I was just uh, starting my winter ML. And uh, he, he came into the pub, and he, he sort of towered over me and said, "It's about time you joined the mountain rescue team." <laughs> uh, of which I sort of was a bit, bit, bit sort of nervous about, to be, to be perfectly honest with you. Bit of trepidation there, and um, I went through the process, and I got accepted onto the team. So. I can blame all this on, on, on Big Foxy, I think. <laughs> That's fair enough. So in your experience, seeing as you've had quite a lot of it, uh, what's the most common reason for a call-out? Oh, it varies. It varies, Siobhan. Um, you know, the majority of the stuff that we do are big, ser- you know, potentially are going to be big searches of people that are lost. Um, we've had two recently up in the Glen Clover area that were the people who been geographically challenged as it as it were um but we've got techniques now that we can use to pinpoint where they are so it makes it a lot easier uh, to rescue people but then conversely it makes it sometimes it makes it a little bit harder right. depending on the technology that they're using or not able to use um so the majority of what we do is 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 search we've seen recently a lot of lower leg injuries which i think is probably going to carry on throughout the next year or so People that are, are new to hill walking, which is, which is fantastic, but they've not got the experience and the skill set yet uh, because they need to build that experience up. And I think we're seeing a lot of that at the moment that people are getting out, which is great, as I said. But the the, the, the lack of experience in some in some people, not everyone, is is, is a bit of a telling factor at the moment. Mm-hmm. So do you think you know in 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 that sense uh, you were talking about technology can be a good and bad thing? Do you think? In some ways, it 
it, it could be bad because people, more people are going out without having learnt necessarily some skills like the navigation and things. They're kind of relying on that technology a bit too much. Do you think that's why the hills are busier? I mean, I know it's partly because a lot of people are trying to get out locally rather than going abroad, which is, like you say, it's great that people are kind of exploring and getting into hill walking, but maybe originally people would be a bit more apprehensive about going out without knowing the skills because they didn't have a phone with it with the route on maybe i think i think i think you're right i think i think some of the issues are that people rely on technology a bit too much Mm -hmm. um you know it might be sunny down in the glen but at three thousand feet it's not going to be potentially Mm -hmm. and i think people don't realize that at times there is sometimes an over-reliance on technology you know a phone is great um with, with mapping on it until it runs out. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, you know, the biggest, the biggest, the biggest bit of advice I would give anybody is learn how to use a map and a compass because they're never gonna, they're never gonna, the batteries are never gonna run out on a map. Batteries are never gonna run out on a compass. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else is a tool that can be used. So a phone is great. It's got mapping on it. Um, you can download maps. You can you can do whatever you want until the battery runs out, and then if you if that's all you've got with you. Then you stop. You don't know yeah. where you are. Oh, you do a mean drop that. it down a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not a big advocate of, of saying don't use a don't use a, a, any technology because no, it is useful. Technology is great. It's absolutely brilliant. GPS is great. You know, um, until something goes wrong and the battery yeah. runs out, or it breaks, or you lose it, or you drop it. You know, and then you're relying on. Well, I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know. Some people might not realise in certain areas that when the military are training, they actually scramble the signals as well. So suddenly your your phone might not work or your GPS might not work because they're training in the area. So things like that, people need to be aware of. And I think I think also, you know, technology-wise, you know, it's all right getting 4G or 3G in a, in a, in a built-up area. You know, a lot of the remote glens don't have any phone signal at all. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a that, that can be an issue right. as well that's some really good advice there Paul thank you I can imagine you and your team have seen quite a lot over the years um, some good outcomes and some bad how do you and your team deal with the emotional side of the job yeah it's a it's it's, it's a tough question I was I was thinking about I was thinking, I was thinking about this today actually it's it, it, it's it, it's a bit weird, you know. Sometimes you have to detach yourself a little bit, uh, especially the, especially the ones that, that you know the rescues that don't go to plan, mm-hmm. or they all go to plan, but you know you, you end up with a with a with a fatality or something. Yeah, like that. the outcome is not what you want. Yeah, the outcome's not the best, and I think sometimes you have to sort of detach yourself a little bit from that. It's hard. We get support uh, from Scottish Martin Rescue, and they have a well-being officer. Any of the guys can can tap into that. That's not a problem. Oh, that's cool. um, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's a brilliant facility. And we also have the police, um, and and the police have a system that we can we can make phone calls to them anonymously if we if we're suffering or anything like that. And again, you know, we're we're quite a close knit team. You know, so myself and the other two team leaders, we're very very approachable. You know, if anybody has any issues at all, then you know we're only on the other end of the phone. And, and we're more than happy to chat and, and, and speak to team members and 
try and, and help them in any way we can, you know? Yeah. Do you think that's changed over the 12 years you've been in the MRT? Do you think perhaps people are more open now about talking and dealing with these sort of things? I can imagine that perhaps when you first joined the Mountain Rescue, it was mostly male orientated and perhaps there was a kind of stiffer upper lip mentality. Yeah, I think I think I think you I think you're probably quite right. I mean, you know, I think we're we're really fortunate in Tayside that the when I when I joined the team there was there was only one female in the team. And now we have I think it's nine um out out of thirty five. You know, so we, we, we've come a long way. We've yeah. come a long way in 10 years. And, 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 and so we should do as well. You know, you know, it's, it's a great thing. It doesn't matter whether you're, whether you're male, female, whatever sexuality you are or anything like that. If, 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 if you want to become a member of a, a mountain rescue team, and it, obviously it's, it's down to the individual teams, how they, how they decide on who, what their, what their membership is, is, is potentially made up of. However, you know, it's really, really important that we have that diverse. Yeah. Um, I don't know the right word, but diversity in, yeah. in teams. And I think, I think Tayside, I think we've come a long way from the days when it was, you know, old blokes with beards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We've now, we've now got, um, a wide range of, of, of people in the team, which is, which is, which is brilliant, you know, yeah. and it wasn't so much a conscious effort, but it's, it, it's just the way it's evolved like that. And I think it's really, really, really important. That's really great. I think diversity is really important as everyone can bring like a different aspect to make a really strong team. And it's great to hear that you guys can get the help when you need it and that you've got a really strong team bond. That's brilliant. I think, I think that's what you need. You need to be able to trust the person that's got you on the end of a rope. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, as climbers know that feeling. <laughs> you only get that with having a close team. Yeah, uh, having having those close relationships with people, and and it, it does come down to trust at, at the end of the day, you know. Um, and you know we don't make any differentiate a differentiation between um, male or female. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm running a search or if I'm running a a, a call out for somebody, I, 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 it doesn't make a difference to me whether it's um, Alan Fox or it's James or it's um, or it's Hannah or it's Deirdre. Yeah. It doesn't make a difference to me. They're all there to do to do a job, and they all do it effectively, irrespective of whether they're male or female. That's great. That's brilliant. That's how it should be. So what do you think is your biggest challenge right now as a team, but also Mountain Rescue as a whole? And how will you overcome it? I think with any, with any charity, especially in the, in the current climate, I think funding is always going to be that issue. You yeah. know? I mean, we're lucky that we do get a small amount of funding from the government. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think the, the, the government give the whole of Scottish Mountain Rescue just over £300,000 a year. But that's spread out between all the teams. Yeah, so in, in, in Tayside, for example, we get around about £14,500 £14, a year, right. um, which is welcome, don't get me wrong. However, it costs us a hell of a lot more to run the team than just fourteen thousand pounds. Yeah, I imagine with all the equipment and everything. Yeah, and it's it, and it's it's been difficult to be able to do that fundraising. Uh, mm-hmm. What with the, the lockdowns and the levels and all and all that sort of thing, you know. Um, so so funding is always going to be an issue, and, and it will be not just a not just for Mountain Rescue, but for I would imagine the R and R and L I. I would imagine for for every 
every charitable organisation in the in, in the whole of the UK at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So, Paul, if anyone listening to this decide that they would like to help in some way, how can they go about it? There's plenty of things that people can do, isn't there? You know, sponsored walk, sponsored going up a hill. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be for Tayside. It can be for any any mountain rescue team or any charity, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just it, you know it's it's it, it's a difficult situation to be in. I mean, yeah. hopefully, hopefully coming out of everything, we we will get back to be able to to run events again and 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 make some money for the for the team so it can function. Most mountain rescue teams were there anyway. You know, um, will respond to 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 any incident. Um, you know, and 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 that's what we do. That's what we do, irrespective of funding. But we will still. And we will go out there and respond to any 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 call we get from Police Scotland. Brilliant. That's great. It's been really, really interesting and nice to speak to you, Paul. I will add a link to the Tayside Mountain Rescue donation page if anyone listening would like to make a donation. And I wish you and the team a safe season. Uh, I hope I don't see you on the hill. <laughs> Hopefully not. Thanks Thanks very much for the, for the, for the time and, and, and getting it out there. No problem. Take care. Cheers, thank you. Bye.